Welcome to the Devoted City Church podcast. Our mission is to help people find, trust, and follow Jesus. To learn more about our church, visit devotedcity.com. In today's episode, you'll hear a message from our lead pastor, Donnie Williams, or a member of our teaching team. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for being here at Devoted City today. If you're at our Cary campus, welcome. Thank you for joining us for the second part of this series, Missing Peace. If you're joining us online, you are invited to come and experience Devoted City the best way you can, and that's right here in the room with us. Right, everybody? So you have an open invitation to come and visit. So we're starting this brand new series. Uh, We started it last week, and we're continuing in it. It's called Missing Peace. Now, if you're new to our church, typically when we teach, we go through books of the Bible, but sometimes we'll not do that and we'll pick a topic that we think is something that people are dealing with or maybe thinking about. And that's what we've done for the weeks leading up to Christmas and New Year because I think all of us can relate to needing some peace in our lives. Anybody else besides me? You know, here's how peace works. We start thinking about it. Uh, before you know it's you wouldn't call it peace, but you're maybe in elementary school and you're thinking, if I just could get out of elementary school, life would be better, right? You, if you could become a middle schooler, wouldn't that be great? So you think, well, the next part of life, I, I have to be in middle school so I can have more freedom, more peace, and I can be up there with cool kids. Well, then you get in middle school, what happens? You didn't think about something. You didn't think about high schoolers. So now you're thinking, if I could just get out of middle school and get into high school, because in high school, I'll have more freedom. I'll get to drive a car, and life is going to be amazing. And you just wait till that comes, and you just think life's going to be great when I get there. And then you think, well, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. My parents still trying to tell me what to do. College. That's where it needs to happen. Like, I'm going to go to college, and then I'll have freedom, and then you meet these, these professors that are sometimes demanding and, and difficult to, to please, and so then you start to think about, well, college wasn't what I thought it was, so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get out and get a job. That's what I'm going to do. Then you have to deal with a boss, and then you think, well, I'm going to get married, and then you deal with another boss. And then after marriage comes kids and then you're in career mode, you're buying a house, you're working and you think, it's not long until you start to think, if I could just retire, (laughs) then I could have some peace. And you know what comes after retirement, right? For all of us, I'll keep it up today and keep it positive. But we all tend to go through life thinking this next phase, this next thing is gonna get me peace. And if you're waiting for the next thing in life, the next season of life to bring you peace, you're probably never going to find it. You know, in our world today, we're more divided than we ever have been before. In our lifetimes, we haven't seen the division. It has a lot to do with our always on scrolling through social media, seeing lots of things that we would have a reason to feel anxious about or feel like, well, we can't have peace because this is going on. And that leads all of us to a place of needing peace with deeper divides, with tighter schedules and feeling like we just can't get ahead. 
So here's the guiding thought for this entire series. When we find the missing piece, we find our missing piece. And here's what that has to do with what we're talking about today. Uh, Ask yourself this question, what has authority in your life? Because when something has authority in your life, when you give authority over to something else in your life, it has the potential to control you. So whatever has authority potentially has control over you. And if you're feeling a lack of peace this season, or if you've already started to say, we'll deal with that in the new year, we're not going to deal with that now, we'll, we'll get to late. You're already doing that with your schedule. I am too. I'm just like, put it off. Let's just put it off. Let's keep putting it off. If you're feeling a lack of it, I hope that over the next few weeks, we give you some really practical ways that you can take some notes and think, well, here's some steps and ways that I can experience peace in my life. Because when we implement the principles that Jesus gives us to have peace in our life, we will truly find our missing peace so we can experience true peace. The video you just saw, read, uh, you heard from Isaiah chapter 9, a familiar verse to many of us that says this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now that's a prophecy that was given 700 years before the birth of Christ. It was given at a time when the nation of Israel, uh, they were in trouble, uh, partly because of their own actions, things they got themselves into, but they were also being persecuted from the outside. And this prophecy comes that is revealing to them how they can have a relationship with God through this coming Messiah. It would be 700 years before Jesus was born, but they get this snapshot of what it's gonna be like. That there's gonna be a birth of a child and he is gonna be several things to them. He's gonna be a wonderful counselor. And that just means that he's gonna bring guidance and wisdom and comfort. And he's that for us too. What Jesus does for each of us who have confessed him and followed him, he gives us the strength to navigate the difficult things in life. Difficult times, challenges come for all of us. And it's through a relationship with Christ. He doesn't exempt us from things happening to us or in our lives, but he gives us the wisdom and the counsel to navigate those difficult times in life. He is a wonderful counselor. He's also a mighty God. His strength is available to all of us through Christ. I mean, where else can we get a relationship that promises us, hey, I'm going to fight for you. I, you will have all the strength that I have. You will be able to endure anything you're going through. I'll be your mighty God. And that was a promise. He was also promised to be our everlasting father. Now, if you grew up with a a strong relationship with your dad, you know who to call when you're having a hard time. You know who to call when life's not working out well. 
I mean, how many of, of us would call, I can't call my dad anymore, but I used to. And if you, had, if you grew up having a strong relationship with your dad, you would think, I'm in trouble, I need to call dad. And hopefully you grew up with someone in your life, a father figure that could always help you. In the small things and the big things, just, just this week, our youngest called, dad, my car, something's wrong with my car. She's at school, 75 miles away. Well, what's wrong with it? Well, there's no antifreeze. Well, put some antifreeze in it. Like, <laughs> go get some antifreeze and put it in there. And she did, didn't work, had to have it towed home. But why did she call me? Because there was a high likelihood that I was gonna fix it. And there's a 100% chance that I, she knew that I would pay for whatever <laughs> it took to fix it. So when something breaks down in life, we need an everlasting relationship we can lean on. If everybody else betrays us, denies us, and deserts us, an everlasting father will always be there. That's the promise that was given hundreds of years before Jesus was born. Everlasting father. And you know what an everlasting father does? He loves their kids no matter what they do. Kids can be really hard to love sometimes. Anybody? I mean, if you got some, you know, if they're here with you, I know you don't want to say that, but they can be difficult at times. They make really boneheaded decisions sometimes. They have bad attitudes sometimes. They hurt your feelings sometimes. They anger you sometimes, but you're always there for them. We do the same thing with God. You could have been following Jesus your whole life and there are times that you walk away from him and he doesn't just say, get on out of here. It's not how he treats us. He loves us anyway. He restores us and he welcomes us back. That's what a, an everlasting father does. In fact, I was just telling someone this week, they were asking my advice about a, a strained relationship and I said, people need the most love when they've done the most wrong. And so if they've angered you or hurt your feelings or betrayed you, it doesn't mean you, you put yourself back in an abusive situation, but that's when people need the most love when they've done the most wrong because that's what God does for us. And then Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. If you read that phrase in Hebrew, what it means literally is Jesus is the one in charge of peace. So if I'm gonna have peace in my life, then I need to get with the one who is in charge of it, who's over it, who controls it, and that's Jesus. And that's a different kind of peace. Does it mean that bad things still happen? Yes. Does it mean that life still gets chaotic? It does. But Jesus is still the Prince of Peace. Now, if you were gonna give Jesus a grade on how he was doing, How's he doing? Pass, fail. What would you say? Well, if you, if you count peace as everybody getting along, uh, you would think, oh, he's not doing very well. If you're, if you're a skeptic, you might say, uh, I got you. Jesus said he's over peace and the world is anything but peaceful right now. People are not getting along at a greater rate than ever before. So how's Jesus over peace? 
Well, just like when Jesus was on earth, the peace he brings is misunderstood. When Jesus was on earth, those closest to him thought he was going to be setting up an earthly kingdom so they could be in charge and they could persecute some people for a while. That's what he thought was gonna, that they thought was gonna happen. And the same thing with peace. They thought, well, if Jesus says he's prince of peace, then there should be peace everywhere. Here's how you can experience peace. There's a lot in life we can't control. I think, I think we all know that. There's wars we can't control. There's attitudes we can't control. There's evil we can't control. Uh, there's politics that we can't control. If the Prince of Peace is really the Prince of Peace, then why is there so much division and war in the world? Well, him being the Prince of Peace That did not mean I'm gonna come and the world is now gonna be perfect. That's for later, after this life. The peace that Jesus brings is the peace between us and God. The peace between mankind and God. That's the kind of peace he promised to bring. He's gonna make peace between people and their God because there wasn't any and there can't be any peace between you and God without the peace of Jesus in your life. So if he controls peace, if he has authority over it, then a good question to ask ourselves is this, am I under the authority of Jesus? Do I live under his authority? Because there, there's peace. So when you answer that question, maybe you go, well, yeah, of course. But here's what the peace of Jesus allows. The peace of Jesus allows, uh, and this is a good thing if you want to take notes. The peace of Jesus allows uh, peace in spite of. In other words, peace in spite of everything that's going on around me. Peace in spite of anything anybody's done to me, anybody's said about me. Peace in spite of any way the world is going that's hurtful and harmful and confusing, I can still have peace. Do you know that most of the history of Christianity, the last 2,000 years, Christians have lived in oppressive cultures. They have lived under real persecution, like life or death persecution. They have lived in poverty, and yet they still walked with peace because they lived under the one who's in authority, over authority with peace. Now, it's hard to have peace in spite of, especially in our world, because we're always on. We, always, we have 24-7 news in front of us, and we're expected to have an opinion about everything. Have you ever felt pressured, like, I've got to have an opinion. I've got to have an opinion. I've got to post about that. Why aren't you posting about that? Why aren't you saying something about that? And so everybody's expected to have an opinion, and it creates a lot of turmoil and a lot of division, but you can have peace in spite of everybody feeling like they have to share their opinion. You can have peace in spite of the world trying to keep us divided. Just give yourself this permission. Say this to yourself. I don't have to respond to everything. Let's say that out loud. I don't have to respond to everything. I can't even keep up with all the holidays people make up all of a sudden. Like if I don't post a picture about my dog on dog day, then... I'm like a terrible pet owner. Or if I forget one of the kid days, the 
the 365 days, it feels like we celebrate that. If I don't post about that, then I'm bad. I just, I just gave up. It's like, I can't keep up with all these made up holidays. There's a bunch. I think people are sitting somewhere going, let's make one up and see how it goes. Let's see what people post. Let's see what happens. You don't have to do that. You can have peace in spite of the chaos in the world. You can have peace in spite of your chaotic schedule. Now, most of our schedules we control. There may be times in life we can't control all of it, but much of what stresses people out in their schedule are things they overcommitted to. Now, there are things that we, we don't have a choice. Like if, if both mom and dad work and you gotta work, you know, both parents work and you have to go there to make ends meet, then you, you're gonna lose some of your freedom. But most of the things that are in our lives in regard to our schedule, we control them. And sometimes to make peace, you have to go to war. The best war you could have this week is to sit down at the table with your family and say, here's our schedule, we're going to war with it. We gotta figure out how to get some peace in the schedule. What, have we, what are we committed to that we can uncommit to? You can't do that with 100% of the stuff you're committed to, but you can do it with some of it. Like if you volunteer here on Sunday, like, you know, keep that going. <laughs> but there's things that you could get rid of that you don't have to. There was a, a family that they, were, they came to me to just like vent about our schedule so bad, Donnie, we don't know what to do. We need help. And I was like, well, what are you doing? And when they listed everything they were doing, I was like, well, you know, like half that stuff's optional. Like you don't have to do all that stuff, but our kids love it. It's still optional. Like you don't have to do that and stress everybody else out. Maybe the best war you could have this week is a war with your bank account. Wouldn't that be great to have some financial peace in your life? In spite of what's going on around you, you can have peace. You can also have peace with people. So peace in spite of what's going on around you, and you can have peace with people. Now, people are difficult, right? Anybody figured that out yet? They're like, whew, they can be rude and mean and nasty and hurtful, but God calls us to have peace with people. In, in uh, Romans chapter 12, the apostle Paul said these words, beginning in verse 14. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. How do you do that when people are so offensive? when people can just say the most hurtful things. I guarantee something's gonna happen today that will offend you. Hopefully not in the next 10 minutes. But something will happen that will offend you. If you read enough, if you scroll enough, if you watch enough, if you're around people enough, something's gonna happen that will offend you. Being offended is inevitable, it's gonna happen. Living offended is optional. So there's a lot of people that they'll offend you, but you don't have to live that way. You don't have to give somebody that control to make you live offended. Offended people who live that way tend to be 
also offenders. And it makes you bitter. It makes you look at the world differently. It makes you difficult to get along with. So be offended, feel it, and move on. That's the way to not live offended. You don't have to live that way. You can have peace with people. Now, people are stupid, people are mean, uh, people are evil, and they can be hurtful. But you don't have to live offended by them. Think about the person you like the least right now. Maybe you know them, maybe you don't. The person whose face or voice just, just makes you wanna do that. Think about that person, whoever that is. You can have peace with them. They're not your enemy. The biggest trap we can fall into is to think that people are the enemy. People aren't the enemy. They might be being used by the enemy, but they're not the enemy. Now, I know it's easy to say, well, yeah, of course, the people I don't like, they're used by the enemy, right? Listen to Ephesians chapter six, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Think of the person you can't stand. They're not your enemy. There's something behind them. Spiritual warfare is real. It really happens. There's really an unseen realm that none of us have been there, but it's this unseen realm where there's spiritual warfare going on and the prize is the hearts of people. Now, the evil one, Satan, can use people either knowingly or unknowingly, but our war, our battle is with him, not with people. And the sooner we can realize that, we can usher more peace into our life when I realize you are not my enemy. Because you believe differently, live differently, vote differently, that doesn't make you my enemy. Satan himself is the one that's after the hearts of people. Yes, there are evil people. And Satan uses them to do evil things. But why do you think Jesus said, pray for your enemies? He never told us to pray for Satan. He told us to pray for our enemies. And if you can't pray for your enemy, the spiritual problem is in your heart. We can also have peace with God. If we want to have peace... Under the authority of Jesus, we can have peace in spite of, we can have peace with people, and we can have peace with God. The Apostle Paul told the church in Rome in chapter 5, verse 1, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So being at peace with God means I have peace with Jesus, who is the Prince of Peace, and he makes peace between me and God. So peace is found when I bring myself under the authority of Christ in my life. So what parts of your life are you not willing to bring under the authority of Christ? That's not a popular thing to say today because everybody feels like they're their own authority. That's part of why our culture is in the mess that it's in is because nobody wants to submit to authority outside of themselves. 
If Jesus is the one over peace, if he's the one who controls it, the wise place to be is under his authority in all areas of my life. That means my marriage is under the authority of Christ. And when my marriage is under the authority of Christ, it doesn't mean that it's gonna be perfect, but I'm gonna have ways to deal with the conflicts that could come up. When I put my desires under the authority of Christ, I can either run towards them or ask Christ to help me deal with them. So under the authority of Christ is where we can find peace and nowhere else. So until the entire world is under the authority of Christ, we're not gonna see peace out there, but we can have peace right here and we can have peace right here if we live under the authority of Christ. So the question to ask ourselves is, look at all the lack of peace in your life and it's probably from areas of your life you have not surrendered to the authority of Christ. That's why I love experiencing people getting baptized. People saying, I, I've confessed Jesus as Lord and you just saw those two ladies baptized today. And what that meant was they are now living under the authority of Christ in every area of their life. And you can have that too. So I just wanna end today praying for you to have the strength to bring everything in your life under the authority of Christ. Think about the sin that people deal with in the world. It doesn't mean that, it, that all the desires go away, but here's what it means. When I'm under the authority of Christ, I have a way to combat the sin that's in my life and it'll go away. The activity can go away in my life when I'm under the authority of Jesus. So at a time when it's not popular to be under the authority of anything but yourself, we can say, I'm under the authority of Christ in my life and he controls peace and that's why I have it in spite of what's going on around me. That's why I have it with people with whom I might disagree and not like very much. That's why I have it with God because I live my life under his authority. So let me pray for all of us. God, I ask today that you help every person in this room, every person watching experience the peace that you can bring. God, in spite of what's going on around us, Help us have peace. God help us have, God, help us have peace with people and help us bring ourselves under the authority of Christ so we can have peace with you. God, be with each person in this room that's even right now struggling and wrestling within themselves, giving you authority in their life. Give them the strength to do that. And I'll pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Devoted City Church podcast. If you liked today's episode, rate us and subscribe so others can be encouraged too. We invite you to join us on a weekend at one of our locations or online at devotedcity.com.